Hello, this is Alice Marius, and thank you again for tuning into another episode of Protect Your Glow, the podcast. I am today recording this podcast from Fort Myers Beach, Florida. I decided to take a little trip by myself just to get away and recharge. So that's what I'm doing today. Thank you to my supportive husband and family. Um, I was able to do that today. So I'm happy to just be here where I can recharge and focus and center my thoughts and record this podcast for you guys. It sounds like it's about to rain today, but we'll get through this. And I, in the hotel room, and I turned off the AC because it was a bit too loud did not want it to interfere with the background noise so i hope you can hear me okay and i'm so happy that i got to record this podcast because i've been wanting to do this for a while but with working and just trying to make time i finally got to make time today so i'm happy and i want to talk to you guys today about how to be a rock star assistant if this is your first time tuning into the podcast I am Alice, and I'm the owner of ProtectYourGlow.com. It is a blog that I created where I showcase my love for God and fashion. I married those two together just to give people a bit of uh, things that I like. So I hope you guys can check that out on ProtectYourGlow.com when you have the time. And so I am a, what is it, a part-time blogger and a full-time executive assistant. So I wanted to share my experience with you all today. If you find yourself being in a a new position or applying for a position as an assistant. Um, I have been an assistant now for about six years. I started with my um, current employer in 2011 and I've been there ever since. So I wanted to share with you my experience along the way in hopes that um, this may help you on your career path or your journey. And I've learned a lot along the way. Why did I title it a rock star assistant? Because I believe everything that you do should be excellent. You should be a rock star in whatever it is that you wish to pursue. And in the position that I'm at, that's what I thrive to do every day is to give it 110% even when I don't feel like it. Like, for example, you know, I was really working really hard for the past couple weeks. Um, We had some people on vacation, and there was a time where I was covering, like, three positions at once because everyone was on vacation. Um, I mean, granted, I didn't even know they were going to go on vacation until the last minute, but that doesn't matter. Um, I still got the job done, but um, it was a lot. Of work and it was hard but I got it done and I gave it my best and I'm so happy to work with employers that I can acknowledge that and and they saw that and so I'm happy that you know they uh, mentioned it to me and how appreciative they are and so that's why I really try to go um all out or give it my best um, at work because I I'm grateful to have such awesome employers and so the first point I want to make today is I want, in order to be a rock star assistant, you must first learn how to communicate effectively. I work in the financial industry, and so it is very, I work with numbers a lot, and I work with agents um, and people that invest a lot of money. 
So it's very important to be clear and precise when you are communicating with investors and clients. And I wrote here, one way to communicate effectively is you have to open your mouth. You have to say and ask questions. You have to say um, what it is you wish to say because someone once told me a closed mouth does not get fed. Now, what I meaning you have to ask for what you want. So what do I mean by open your mouth? I mean, if you are given a task and you do not understand it, please open your mouth and explain that you don't understand. It is the assumption of the communicator. If you walk away without asking any questions, it is to be assumed that you understand what the task at hand is. So if you do not, it is important that you ask questions and get a clear and precise definition. One way that I do that is if my boss is telling me he needs me to do X, Y, Z, I would then repeat, for example, if he says, I need you to call John Doe. I would then repeat, so you want me to call John Doe? Yes, what should I tell John Doe? Tell John Doe, I will be meeting him today at 10 a.m. Okay, so I'm going to call John Doe. Let him know you're going to meet him at 10 a.m. Yes. You see what I did there? What I did was I repeated back to him what he said. One, that lets him know that I heard him. And two, it lets him know that I understand what he wants me to do. So you can try that. And it's very important as a human being, I wrote here, not just an employee. It's important as a human being to learn when to speak up and when to shut your mouth, okay? And part of communicating effectively is to know when to speak and when to be quiet. And sometimes there are, like, there is questions that I, like, I'll have a pile on my desk of questions that I need to ask my boss. But if I see that he's in meetings or he has somebody coming in or I go to his office and I see him writing, that's my cue to walk away and wait until he's finished with his thought and then present my case. So you have to sort of decipher when, I mean, if something is urgent, then of course I'm going to, you know, interrupt respectfully. I'm not just going to barge in the room. I'm going to enter the room respectfully because you have to understand a lot of times employers and people in positions of authority, their time is everything okay so it's not up to you to just barge in or take it upon yourself to just feel like or to have no regard for what they're doing you have to understand that time is everything for them so try to find when is a good time for me to you know bring this up or when it's not so that's also important too number two i have on here always be on time okay i'm looking for my phone because before i want to get into that point there is something that i heard today while watching youtube i had the privilege of being off today as well and so i was watching youtube and i was listening to td jake's wife sarita jakes and i didn't realize how funny she was I never really listened to her and um, she's really funny and she's very real. But one thing that she said was 
because as an assistant, you have to understand your job is to serve. And a lot of people get all like hung up on titles and stuff like that. I mean, titles have their place, okay? They're, they're, they're appropriate for a reason. They're there for a reason. It's um, a reminder to people of what you do and the expectations they have of you because of your title. So that makes sense to have titles, right? But one thing I don't want you to do is to get hung up on titles. Now, I'm going to get to point two, but I just want to maybe hit a little detour here to go back and make a point. Um, what I was saying is, back to um, Sarita Jakes, the reason why I brought her name up is because I quoted her. She quoted some. She said something that I that caught my attention. She said, in order to serve, you have to anticipate the need before it arrives. In other words, do you know your boss or your employer? Meaning, one of the effective ways of being a good assistant is to study your employer or your boss. Now, when I say study, I'm talking about you're studying them to learn their body language. You're studying them to learn what they like, what they don't like, what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, um, what is you know, like, where does the line, where do you draw the line, you know, when is it to, what, when is it okay to maybe have a good time when it's okay to get to work, you know, you have to try to find a way to balance that out, you don't want to be a robot working for somebody, you have to have some sort of sense of humor, but at the same time, you want to also make it your job to really get to know who you're working for, it just makes the job a whole lot easier when I know that man, okay, maybe my boss just had some bad news. Maybe something's happening in their personal life. Uh, maybe I need to just give them some time or, you know, or, or maybe try to ask them how they're doing and see if there's anything I can do to help them. I mean, you still have to understand that even though you work for this person, they're still a human being. They still have feelings. For example, the other day, someone called the office and she was just saying how, it was just like random. I picked up the phone. I don't know if it was like divine or if it was supposed to happen, but the secretary was supposed to pick up the phone. She was ended up, she ended up doing something and I picked up the phone and this lady just started telling me how she's having a bad, I'm like, you know, she's, she's telling me how she's having a bad day, how she just lost her best friend, how like, it's just not a good day for her. And I was on the phone just like encouraging her. And this has happened to be, um, it wasn't a client, it was um, affiliate of the company. And I just started to encourage her to let her know that it's okay, that I understand where she's coming from because I lost my father too. And I was just letting her know that she's okay for her to hang in there and be strong. That You know, eventually things will get better. So when you can like relate to people on a human level it also is a great way to um just work with people it's a great way to know that okay I understand what you're you know going through like take off the mask it's okay to be human and I'm here you know and when I said that it kind of like shocked her because she was just, I guess not expecting my for me to be compassionate um towards her or maybe she wasn't expecting me to understand because I, in the beginning of a conversation, she was being like sarcastic and stuff. But when I told her that I just lost my father and I understand, it's like she became human for a second, you know? So I said that to say, you know, that's part of knowing 
your boss. I mean, that example is not for my boss, but it's also just to show that the person is human. And so <clears throat> the second thing I have here is always be on time. People take for granted the importance of being on time, especially in the business world, especially in a place of business. I don't care if you are, if you own the company or if you work for someone, being on time says a lot about you. It really does. <clears throat> Excuse me. I put here for many, being on time is a struggle. I learned how to be on time from watching my parents. My father was a stickler for being on time. Through the years, I've learned being on time is a form of respect. And when you're late, it signals and says to the other person, whether consciously or subconsciously, you're saying to them, my time is more important than yours. And we know that is not true because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. God didn't allocate 28 hours to somebody and gave you 24. It's all the same. So being on time is a form of respect. And if you work for someone, if you're assisting someone, it's important for you to be on time because who knows, they might need you before, you know, business hours. So if your shift is like eight o'clock, why not be there at 745? Why not be there at 10 minutes to eight? Why not? You know, and I won't lie. I found myself, okay. In the beginning of my employment, I was always on time, always on time. And then I started like, you know, um, taking my daughter to daycare and stuff like that. And I sort of like took advantage of, okay, I'm a good employee. They won't mind. And then I started seeing other people coming in late and I thought, oh, okay. Well, if they're coming in late and they're not saying nothing to them, then I can be late too. And then I realized, girl, step back, wait a minute. Like, this is not your company. You can't just show up in here whenever you feel the need. And so I checked myself, like I brought it up to my boss. I didn't wait for him and her. I said him and her because it is a husband and wife company. I didn't wait for them to even address the issue. I checked myself. Sometimes it's good to just look in the mirror and realize, you know what? You don't need somebody to tell you what you're doing wrong. Like, you know when you can do better, right? You know what areas you can improve in. So I took a look in the mirror and I was like, okay, what I'm doing ain't right. And I brought it up to them and I'm like, I apologize. I know I've been coming in late lately and there was no excuse for that. So I want to apologize in advance. I will try to do better. And that's what I've been doing ever since. But I was slacking for a little bit, you know, and I caught myself and now I fixed it because again, being on time is a form of respect. Do not think your time is more important than anybody and don't let anybody make you feel like their time is more important than yours. It is equal. And I also have this thing. It's like, side note, it doesn't have to do with work, but I have this thing where wherever I go, whether it's a doctor's appointment, dental appointment, a meeting with a friend, meeting with someone, I give them like 20 minutes. 20 minutes is the maximum amount of time I will wait for someone. Whether you're, whether I'm scheduled for an appointment, you told me my appointment's at three and you're, it's now 3.30 and I haven't been called. I'm giving somebody 20 minutes, okay? Because if I took the time to drive to the appointment to be there on time, it doesn't matter to me that you overbooked or whatever you did wrong. 
I need to be seen the time you told me you're going to be seen. Now, I understand that sometimes in medical places, you have emergencies and stuff like that. You got to tell the person, oh, that's understandable. Like, let me know. You know what I'm saying? Don't just have me sitting there waiting, waiting. Nobody's communicating to me. So wherever I go, I have this rule of thumb. It's like I give you 20 minutes. And if you don't show up, I'm out. Okay? I'm out. Because I, I don't I don't like to waste time. Especially like I don't know ever since my father passed away like time is so important to me I realize how fast it can be taken away from you I mean, I've always been a stickler for being on time But his death has really shown me and proved to me that like time is not on my side So every second counts and I want to make the most out of every minute I have Thirdly learn how to do Everyone's job as an assistant. It's important to learn how to do everyone's job in the company Okay, not only should you do your job well and with excellence, you should always also try to do the job of other people. Um, because what if that person's off and they need you to come in and cover, but oh, it's not my job. And then we have this thing, we sometimes have this tendency um, to be, especially women, it's not my job. They don't pay me enough for that. I'm not going to do that. But it's like, you have to understand when you, the thing is, when you learn something, you're not really learning it for anybody else but you. You are learning how to better yourself. So if you can apply what you've learned, it will take you further in life. You may think that you're doing it for your employer or your boss, but you're really doing it for you in the long run because you don't know when you'll be able to use that talent or what you've learned somewhere else. So what do I have here? Oh, yeah, I said, I can't stand when people say it's not my job, quote unquote. You work here, don't you? It should be your job to learn how to do everything. Go above and beyond the task at hand. That way you become more effective to yourself first. So remember, it's for, to yourself first. And now it's an added bonus for the company because you know how to do it. They can now rely on you to get the job done without having to stress out about so-and-so's not here oh my goodness how are we going to answer these phones who's going to do this report how do i order this or how do i do that because alice knows so alice gets it done and in the words of one of my favorite great philosophers i say he's a philosopher but he used to be a radio personality and author his name is earl nightingale he says quote the biggest mistake that you can make is to believe that you are working for somebody else jobs are owned by the company you own your career end of quote everything you are learning will benefit I wrote down everything you are learning will benefit you later in life if you choose to apply it accordingly so say for example Okay, I'll, I'll give my, I'll put myself in as the example. I work in a company where I'm the executive assistant slash office manager. And I started doing, I first started with the company as a receptionist, okay? So I worked my way up to executive assistant and to office manager. But I learned how to first do the uh, receptionist job really well and until my boss saw that I was doing a good job and promoted me. Now... When my receptionist is, is out, I just jump on the phones and, and I do her job because that's where I started. So if she were to call off one day, I'm not panicking. Nobody's panicking because 
I can get it done. So always remember what you're learning, you're learning for yourself because you just never know when in life you'll be able to apply it. Fourth, I don't want to make this a long podcast, so, and I'm going to try to slow it down. I think I talk a little bit too fast when I get excited, so I'm going to try to slow it down, but I talk fast by nature, so bear with me. Four, practice gratitude and be humble. One of my biggest pet peeves in business is bad customer service. I hate, detest bad customer service. So clearly, if you can't humble yourself and get the job done or show compassion to people in the position that you're in, then maybe you're in the wrong position. Find something that makes you happy, get out, don't make somebody else's life miserable or make the person feel like they're an inconvenience to you because you don't like what you're doing. If you're going to give 110%, I said, if you're not going to give 110%, then why are you at that company? Give up your position and let someone who really wants it be there. You know, we have to practice saying, one of the other things about gratitude is you have to understand that if you're waking up every day to go to a job and you're getting paid for it, it's not like you're working for free, mind you. You're getting paid for it. And if you're lucky enough, you have benefits, health, dental, or whatever, you should be grateful for that. Like the employer didn't have to offer you those things. They didn't have to even offer you the position you have. So instead of complaining about how much you hate your job, how about you try to give it your best and give it your all and be grateful and thankful that you have what you have because a lot of people trust me a lot of people would love to be in your position no matter how bad you think it is someone would love to be in your position right now but they're not okay so instead of complaining practice saying thank you and the thing is a lot of bosses don't hear thank you enough because they're so used to people just taking from them you know and the boss is so used to just grinding and trying to evolve to keep the business afloat so I noticed that whenever I would say thank you to my boss like it always catches them by surprise I guess because they're so used to being the one giving 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 that when I stop to say you know thank you for everything you're doing for me thank you for uh giving me these days off or thank you for um being so kind to my family thank you for um, taking me out of dinner last night. Thank you for, you know, listening or being sympathetic. Um, especially when I was going through that, you know, the, uh, the, what is it? Especially when I was going through the period where my father was um, getting ready to pass, my bosses were so compassionate towards me. It was unbelievable. They were so compassionate. And I really thank God for that, you know? I really, really thank God for that. Because it didn't have to be as nice. It didn't have to... Can y'all hear me? Okay, I don't know what happened, but my recording got cut off. So here I go. Okay, yeah, they didn't have to be as compassionate. They didn't have to be as nice. So I thank God for that. Um, so practice saying thank you and might go a long way. Um, fifth point I have here is you, oh yeah, you were there to assist. Remember your boss's friends are not your friends. Some people make the mistake of thinking they can speak to their boss's, um, friends, however they want, or, you know, 
maybe party with them or hang out with them but you have to understand that it's okay to be nice to people it's okay to be cordial to people but what I've learned in my six years is that the relationships that my employer has built is his relationships and that's to better the company these people are not my friends I make I mean I go out to dinner with them um I'm in meetings with them. I do lunch with them. That's all great. But they are not my friends. They are my boss's friends. So I address them as sir, ma'am, if that's, you know, that they're comfortable with that. And I always dress them by their last name because I'm not there to be all comfortable or whatever with them. I mean, I'm, they're nice to me. I'm nice to them, but I just don't want people to get it twisted and think, oh, you know, so-and-so is is friends with the boss so you know maybe we can go kick it no like you have to respect that and understand that they are there to again you know the relationship is with your boss they are there to maybe build a relationship with your employer not you so don't get it twisted and thinking these people are like you should be all cool with them and you know and there's no boundaries so keep in mind that they're not your friends, they're your boss's friends and know when to show them the respect that they deserve. Uh, also, sixth point, I'm almost done here, guys. Follow up, follow up, follow up. I don't know how many times, like, I've stressed that to um, some of my coworkers and people that are, um, work under me. I'm like, it's important to follow up because not following up can lead to issues, you know, later on. For example, if you send somebody an email and they didn't respond to you in like two, three days, if you don't follow up, you may never know that they didn't get the email or maybe you had the wrong email address. I don't know how many times that's happened to me where I've thought I've sent an email. I've sent it to the wrong email address, whether I forget like a period in the middle or a letter or something, you know, um, but I found out through following up that it was incorrect and my, you know, employers waiting for a response, want to know like why this person responded, come to find out, so I sent it to the wrong place. So, uh, follow up is important. You know, if you're faxing something, follow up, follow up to see if the person received it. If you're sending an email, you don't get a response. I mean, sometimes people are busy in their meetings. That's understandable, but two, three days go by. You don't hear anything. Follow up to see if they even got your message. You know, um, if you told, and that's, and my other thing, I didn't write it down, but the other thing is. Uh, it's important to be a person of your word. If you're telling someone that, you know what, I will get back to you on such and such day. Make sure you get back to that person on such and such day, okay? Uh, be impeccable with your words because you have to understand your word is all somebody has. Your word is bond, Okay, so be impeccable with your words. If you say you're going to do something, do it. I can't stand it when someone is like, oh, I'm waiting. You know, my, my boss is waiting for an answer for something. And I'm trying to make sure I get the answer for him. And I'm, the person is like, oh, I don't know. I'll find out. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. They never get back to me. The next day comes. They never get back to me. And guess who's being pressured to find the answer? I am. And I'm relying on the other person to give me the answer and, I'm, and they haven't gotten back to me. So guess who's irritated by that? By the time I call you back and say, hey, I was waiting for your phone call yesterday and you didn't get back to me. I was just following up. But guess who's irritated with you now? Me, 
okay so be impeccable with your words if you say you're going to do something do it if something happens where you're busy and something falls through the cracks send a quick email i know i said i would get back to you i apologize i'm still working on whatever it is you're working on and i'll, I'll get back to you as soon as i find an answer or um i'll get back to you when i hear from such and such i mean let the person know what you're doing i mean wouldn't you want to know What's going on if you had a problem you're trying to solve and you wait for somebody to get back to you and they didn't get back to you? Wouldn't you want to know what's going on? I mean, I think it's just decent common sense courtesy to keep somebody abreast of the situation of what's going on if you're working on something for them. So besides following up, also be impeccable with your words. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you can't do something, say you can't. Uh, the other thing is, and working there for so long, it's great to be liked. It's great to be admired, but don't aim to be liked. Aim to be respected. And I think I posted a picture up the other day with that quote. And it's so very true. It's great to be liked. I mean, who wouldn't want to be liked, right? Who wouldn't want to be loved? That's great. But it, don't make that your end goal because in life, everybody won't like you. I don't care how good you are, whatever you do, how impeccable you excuse me how impeccable you are with your words how much you're on time whatever some people may not like you for reasons personal to themselves and i've learned along the way that when somebody doesn't like you it has much more to do with them than it does you it's something about them they don't like so they try to maybe force that belief onto you so don't take it personally when somebody don't like you and everybody that you work with will not like you and you will not like them and guess what that's okay everybody gonna still breathe life will still go on your job is to make sure you're being respected your job is to make sure you're following through your job is to make sure you say you do what you're gonna do your job is to be on time to assist to the best of your ability and I wrote here, we don't have control over what others think of us. Truth is, you will never be liked or loved 100%. Choose to love yourself instead. You teach people how to treat you by how you treat yourself. So you need to lay the blueprint of your life. Just like trust, respect is hard to come by. So once you make peace with it, it gets easier. So that's what I wanted to leave you guys with. Those are my tips for how to be a rock star assistant because serving people with excellence not only goes far for your reputation, um, not only will your name go far, but it's also just great for you in general to try to pursue excellence in everything you do. So um, I hope these tips helped you. That's what I've learned throughout the years. Uh, if you have any questions, you can reach me or you can email me. Um, you can find me at protectyourglow at gmail.com or go to my website, www.protectyourglow.com and leave a comment under the show notes where I will be posting this podcast. Um, if you haven't already, do me a favor. Go to iTunes, rate and subscribe this podcast um, let people know that it's out there if you like what you're listening to. Um, it's important, I think, for people to know these kinds of podcasts are out there. Um, so I would appreciate your support if you can do that for me. And also, I want to say one thing that even doesn't even have to do with the topic at hand. But I remember when I started doing these podcasts, I would try so hard to be like the other podcasters I listen to. You know, um, I would try to be like, my leak teal and I would try to be like 
uh, Lisa Nicole Bell and speak like them. And I realized, wait a minute, no, that's not how I speak. I mean, they're great at what they do, but I'm not them. It wasn't until I started being myself. I started, I mean, every successful person that I followed, the number one thing you will hear is be yourself, be yourself. So this is me being myself. And I really hope you guys like what you're hearing. I would really love to hear your feedback. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll leave with this. I make a terrible Malik Teal, an awful Nisa Nicole Bell, a very bad Oprah Winfrey, but I make a darn good Alice Marius. So I hope you like this podcast and I will talk to you on the next one. Have a good one, guys. Bye.